silent and swift in its four-winged flight. It bites down on its prey before they realize what's happening. In a heartbeat, it drains their blood. Its fangs are so sharp, if it bites you in the dark and sucks your blood, you won't notice any pain or realize you've been bitten. Hey there, Pokemon trainers. Welcome back to another episode of Dragon Dance, a Pokemon podcast. This is the podcast where I talk about every Pokemon type combination, when they first appeared, all of the Pokemon with said type combination, and how they stacked up on the competitive side of things. I am your host, Santiago, aka the Aztec Dragon. This is episode number 21, and I have to say, I've had so much fun making all of these uh, Fusion Monday episodes. I really, really like looking up the origins uh, of the designs and the names of all these Pokemons, and sometimes I'm really surprised as to what I can find. So, before I start this podcast, uh, back before the podcast was even an inkling of an idea, I made a master type chart on a spreadsheet, <laughs> and in this spreadsheet I had all the possible Pokemon type combinations that could exist, and I also had a column for every generation. Uh, so with the help of Bulbapedia, I filled out this chart. So why am I telling you this? Well, <laughs> it occurred to me that I recently had to update this chart because in the last presents, we got a glimpse of a few new Pokemon, like Diplin, uh, Archadulon, Archaladon, something like that, Iron Crown, and Raging Bolt. And uh, we also got their types, um, and all of them were dual types. So Diplin, I believe, is still Grass Dragon, Iron Crown, um, Steel Psychic, and Raging Bull is Electric Dragon. And recently, we also got another video promoting uh, the DLC where we were introduced to a new Pokemon, which is called Poltergeist. It seems to be, it doesn't seem to be uh, a regional form of uh, Poltergeist. It seems to be like uh, one of those, uh, what do I say, how do I say this? Um, a regional fake or something like that. Anyways, yeah, uh, Poltergeist is a ghost grass. So since we were already given their types, it occurred to me that I needed to update my chart. And it just made me happy knowing that I'll have to update this chart every so often um, and I get to cover newer and newer Pokemon. But anyways, on with the show. So today's episode will focus on the poison flying type. This is a type that is actually not very widespread. And in fact, it's exclusive to only one family, which is very surprising. And the reason why I say this is because the poison type and the flying types are very common in the game, especially in generation one. We had a ton of poison types um, and <clears throat> and flying types are just very widespread. So I'm surprised that the poison flying type combination hasn't been used more, hasn't been used more than once or for at least one family. And the first Pokemon with the with this type combination comes to us from the very start of the franchise in generation one with Zubat. Zubat and its evolution Golbat and Crobat are all listed in the Pokedex as the Bat Pokemon. Zubat and Golbat were introduced to us in generation one and Crobat made its debut in the very next generation with the introduction of the friendship mechanic. 
Zubat evolves into Golbat starting at level 22, and then into Crobat when Golbat has a high friendship level with its trainer and levels up one more time. So, theoretically, the lowest level that you can get a Crobat would be level 23. And you may remember Zubat for how common they were in caves in earlier generations, especially in Generation 1. You, you couldn't go more than a few steps without encountering Zubats, especially in the Rock Tunnel and Mount Moon. Uh, they, they could sometimes get uh, a little annoying and um, delay you on your journey. And they're currently not available in Scarlet and Violet, but hopefully we get to see them in one of the DLCs. <clears throat> All right. So let's see how this type combination does in terms of resistances and weaknesses. Poison Flying is weak to the following types. They're weak to Rock, Electric, Psychic, and Ice. And it resists the following types. Poison, Fairy, Fighting, Bug, and Grass. With a 4 times resistance to Fighting, Bug, and Grass. And it has 1 immunity to Ground. So 4 resistances to... Sorry, four weaknesses to six resistances or immunities. So this isn't the best typing defensively, but it is nice that that of those uh, six resistances slash immunities, three of those types uh, have a quad resistance, and it has one immunity. So not too bad. So Zubat, Golbat, and Crobat all have very simple designs. They look like generic bats. But... Zubat does have the unique design in the fact that it does not have eyes. And this is based on the common misconception that bats are blind. <laughs> so I'm going to be giving you some bat facts. Uh, so bats are not actually blind. However, they are nocturnal creatures. And therefore, they rely more on their hearing more than their sight when they go out hunting. Bats use this real-life ability called echolocation. And what echolocation is, is they emit this, uh, emit a cry, and the sound waves from this cry can bounce back from objects, including their prey, and therefore it returns uh, it to the user like an echo. And uh, from, from using this information, it can help determine uh, the size and the distance of objects. So it uses this mainly to find prey or to navigate through its terrain. And it's this combination of bats being nocturnal and relying on echolocation instead of their own eyesight that has led a lot of people to believe them to be blind, when in fact they're not. They can see, I'm, I can't tell if their vision is just as good as humans, better than humans, or worse than humans, but they're not blind. Uh, and there are other uh, animals that use echolocations, like uh, dolphins and some other aquatic animals. But bats are some of the most popular animals that use echolocation. Another prominent feature of Zubat and Golbat are their four sharp teeth. They have two sharp uh, incisors on the top of their mouth and two sharp teeth on the bottom. And Crobat does have teeth, but oddly enough, they have like a full set of teeth that it like it shows it to you because it constantly looking. It looks like it's scowling. It always looks mad, but. It is weird that it has a full set of teeth. Anyways, uh, this family of bat also draws inspiration from vampire bats. And the vampire bats are commonly found in the Americas, uh, being both North and South America. And I'm going to be giving you some more bat facts. 
they are very small. These vampire bats are very small and agile creatures. And like most bats, they only hunt at night. They mostly feed on mammals, including livestock, livestock and sometimes humans. But when they do feed, obviously they don't turn you into vampires. Otherwise, flying vampire pigs would be a thing. So vampire bats are actually very interesting. Their dietary trait is that they're uh, hemato... Sorry, let me see if I can get this word right. Hematotrophos. Something like that. Which means that they feed on the blood of other animals. And blood is a tissue fluid that is very... Sorry, before I get into this, I have to probably give a warning. I will be talking about blood and the consumption of blood. And if that makes you a little queasy, ah, I'm I'm really sorry, but this is very interesting to me. So you can skip ahead. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, I will be talking about blood. Anyway, blood is a tissue fluid that is rich in nutrients such as water, protein, lipids, and even iron. And they can be easily obtained since every mammal has blood. And vampire bats are very small, only weighing on average about 40 grams. And they have extremely sharp teeth that can make small incisions into the flesh. In one feed, so like let's say they go out to one pig, right? In one feed, they can consume up to 20 grams of blood, which is about one fluid ounce. And that's about approximately half of their weight. Because this is blood, it does contain water, and that water from the blood is quickly filtered out through the vampire bat's kidneys and excreted within a couple of minutes so that the bats aren't too heavy so that they can take off into flight again. And this is crazy because I was reading uh, up on these vampire bats, and they can actually uh, filter all a bunch of this water through their kidneys in about two minutes. Um, and then within a few hours after going on out on a hunt, they return home to finish off digesting the rest of the blood. And like I said, I'm so sorry if that makes you queasy, but it's really fascinating to me. And this is fascinating to me because when I was in, I can't remember if I was in second or third grade, we had a science section on bats. And I remember that they gave us a little booklet with all these kinds of bats, like fruit, uh, fruit bats, vampire bats, um, and yeah, all these different kinds of bats and what their diets consisted of. And I just remember being so enthralled with this subject. I was crazy about bats as a kid. Um, but yeah, <laughs> anyways, so all this makes sense as to why the zoo bat line has a flying type, right? They're bats and bats fly. Flying type, duh. No, not, uh, no brainer. But why the poison type? So I was doing a little bit of research. And according to sources, this could be one of two reasons. The first, and this is a little bit of a stretch. So the first one is that since uh, they are based on vampire bats, vampire bats contain certain proteins and enzymes in their saliva that prolong the bleeding of their target. They're called anticoagulants, and they prevent blood clotting long enough so that they can finish their feed. So that's one reason, is that they have anticoagulants in their saliva. But that's not necessarily a poison. That's just a biochemical. Uh, that's just a biochemical thing that they do. It doesn't poison. It doesn't hurt the host. It just prevents them from clotting up that blood just long enough so that they can eat. Uh, but eventually, you know, it they can clog uh, clog up that wound. 
but the second reason could be that bats are carriers of the viral disease known as rabies. Bats, along with other mammals, can transmit rabies to each other and including humans. Rabies is a viral disease that attacks the central nervous system, and if it's left untreated, it usually results in death. So that probably explains the poison typing, and that's what I personally believe uh, makes them the poison type other than the anticoagulant thing. So, moving on. The name origins of Zubat and Golbat is a combination of a Japanese word and the word bat. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Japanese portion because I don't want to butcher it. However, I will say that when I was younger, I used to think that Golbat was gold bat. Uh, and I called it gold bat for the longest time uh, <laughs> because I guess I just read it too fast and didn't realize that there was no D in there. Uh, anyways, however... Crobat's name name origin could be a mix of the words bat and acrobat. Uh, and in fact, if you take the, away the first letter of acrobat, the letter A in acrobat, you get crobat. And I think this is really neat because this may be due to the fact that crobats uh, crobats are very fast and agile. Uh, crobats have their highest uh, stat is speed, and they have been. In the Pokedex, they've been claimed to have, be very agile. So they're fast and agile like acrobats. All right, let's talk abilities. So all three Pokemon share the same two abilities. Their common ability is Inner Focus. And Inner Focus can do, can do two things. One, it prevents the user from being flinched. And this is very useful and competitive as moves such as Fake Out, which has priority and guarantees a flinch, is very common in VGC. And inner focus, number two, it prevents the user from being affected by the ability Intimidate. And if you remember, Intimidate lowers the attack stat by one stage. Again, this is very useful and competitive as there are many powerful and common threats that run the ability Intimidate in VGC. And their second ability is, it was actually their hidden ability, which is Infiltrator. Infiltrator is another good ability in the world of competitive. What it does is that it can bypass certain layers of protection. So it can't necessarily go through the move protect, but it does allow the, the user to hit opponents who are protected by either reflect, light screen, aurora veil, mist, and substitute. So again, uh, light, reflect, light screen, and aurora veil are very common in the world of VGC. So if you have infiltrator, you can hit them for normal damage. And speaking of competitively good abilities, how good was the Zubat line in VGC? Well, have no fear because Crobat has actually made two appearances on the biggest stage. In 2016, Crobat had a spot on the third place team. And in 2019, it actually made it onto one of the uh, top eight teams. So it's not bad at all considering Crobat actually has frail defenses. Like I said, its speed is very high. It has good abilities, and its move pool, you know what, it's actually, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's a pretty good move pool. Um, but yeah, Crobat is actually very, very frail, uh, but I guess its speed is actually what, um, what carries it. So that is it. Like I said earlier, the Zubat line is currently not available in Scarlet and Violet, but that's not to say that we won't get to see them in the future. 
so yeah, hopefully we get to see another poison flying type in the near future. That would be so cool. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening today. I've been your host, Santiago, a.k.a. The Aztec Dragon. If you'd like to give me a follow on social media, I am at The Aztec Dragon on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The links will be in the description below. And I wanted to share some news with you guys. I want to let you guys know that I have made a YouTube channel. Uh, On this channel, I'll be doing some playthroughs of Pokemon Violet. And every Pokemon that I catch will be named after a U.S. capital. Once I run out of capitals, I will just name them after popular U.S. cities. But anyways, my YouTube channel is also at The Aztec Dragon, and I will put in a link in the description below so you can check that out. And the next Fusion Monday episode will be on the Bug Ground type. All right, so that does it for me. Take care, Pokemon trainers. I'll talk to you next time on Dragon Dance, the a Pokemon podcast. <laughs>